Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 81 of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. I am your host, everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Dante, here at my man, Sora. How you doing, brother? He said hi. Nah, I got to represent for Braden Point, though. <laughs> the man's a beast. Talking and about hockey, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my man, Manny, two times, a.k.a. franchise himself. Don't make fun of the name just because your name is boring as hell, and he got a cool one now. But what's up with you, brother? How you feeling? How y'all doing, bro? He said, I'm Liddy. I'm Liddy. Uh, but this is everybody's favorite football show that happens on Tuesdays. We're at episode. We're 81 years old. Shout out to my man, Austin Pack. Shout out to my man, Brandon Pack. They know what it is. The 81 rocking the pack, man. And for some of y'all don't know that, but that's a that's an inside thing with me. Shout out to the sponsor for today's show and all the shows, Afloat Posters. Go to afloatposters.com or go to, for all the HBCU fans, go to afloatposters.com. We're on every single platform, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We're back on the audio podcast. So for the people that are listening to us on the audio side, we appreciate you, man. And, uh... Yeah, just want to call that. It's like it's weird, like speaking in the future when we're in the past. Well, technically, we're in the past before this gets. It's, it's like Terminator, bro. It's like Terminator. I'm so confused. <laughs> it's like that one scene in Spaceball. So one is now, now, right now. So one is then later. Later was now. So one is right now, now, <laughs> right now, right now. When is it? Is I know it, I it's just, that quote, but whatever. Hey man, what are y'all are most excited about this week coming up? Anything special going on in your personal lives that y'all excited about this weekend? Oh yeah, that's right. Sora might not be on the show Tuesday, but he might be on the show. He might he might show up as a surprise. This man's gonna be high, yeah. uh, high on life after yeah, getting the two. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, man. How's school going, Manny? How you feeling, man? Chilling. <laughs> Straight A's, man. That's what we like to see. He didn't say yes. He didn't say yes. When's your first reporting period, man? When's the first reporting period? Um, I think like November. Oh, November? Alright, so, so. We're like almost done with the first nine weeks. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. I keep forgetting sores out there in the school system, too. Yeah, I've, I've became the very thing I've sought to destroy. Yeah, I'll start ahead of us, bro. Yeah, so... <laughs> So this is what I'm gonna. This is how we're gonna do it. A little different. We'll read some of the comments. So ask your questions after each segment. If you have a question that's related to the segment that we'll talk about, we'll pull it up towards the end and talk about those things. But so we can roll through the show, we're gonna keep it pushing. Like I said, shout out to Afloat Posters for always sponsoring us and sponsoring every episode from the past and here on out for the future, man. So go ahead, grab your poster. There's some sales going on for that. Uh, but let's head on to the first topic of the day, which is to recap TCU's big win over Kansas, man. I still think Kansas is for real. They had the backup quarterback coming in Jason Bean, 262 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Doesn't look like Jalen Daniels is going to play this week. Um, but Max He's Dugan, is he out for the season? Cause they He's were talking the about season, that, he, that he might come back. No, I'm pretty sure I saw in your Discord it said he's out for the season. Give me a second. Ooh, okay, a second. yeah. 
I didn't I didn't see that update yet, but uh moving moving yep. forward guys Jay is expected to miss the rest of the season with a grade three separated shoulder. Oh my goodness. I have shoulder problems right now, man. I mean it's 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 insane, but um shout out to Jason Bean though. They're in good hands with him. Um oh, he's nice, bro. He got legs. He responded that it was news to him. That's that's what I thought. That's what I thought reading too that he might be back this week, but they might just start Jason Bean out of like a precaution to let him heal up. So who knows? Who knows? Um, just like we're going to get into the Ron Rivera thing, how people like to twist people's words and stuff with, <laughs> with that too. But yo, Manny, let's go ahead and get started with you, man. TCU versus Kansas. What was your thoughts? Who impressed you? Um, Personally, uh, me personally, I'd say Jason Bean. I felt like, like for a quarterback, that's a backup quarterback. You know, playing against TCU. I mean, they're not a great defense, but they still are a pretty, you know, highly ranked team right now. They're five and zero. They're undefeated. Um, they're thirteenth in the rankings. He played really well against them, bro. Yeah, I think like I don't remember how many touchdowns. Yeah, I know it was high though. It was like around like three or four. Um, mm -hmm. He had a really good day. I know he threw a pick in the game. I know that. But he got some nice legs, bro. He can run. He got some shifty legs. Um, but I think him. I also like the um, 83 for uh, Kansas. I think it's Quentin Skinner or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Quentin Skinner. He had, yep. He had four he catches, had 98 yards, and two touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, he had two touchdowns or something like that. Um, he played really, really well. They, that whole group played really well, actually. They all, I think most of them had a touchdown. Um, so I, I think this game, this game really showed um, that it was one of the best games of the week. And to me, that was the best game of the week, personally. Like, I love that game. Uh, and nobody watched it because you know, we don't got real types of college football fans out here. No, we got people who claim to be college football fans. I'm so. It. Manny, um, I'm so glad you said that because I literally said that during the recap of last week. It was Tuesday. I was like, yeah, it's going to yeah. be a great game, but nobody's yep. going to watch it because it's not a big-name school like Alabama or Georgia. I mean, this is good for the Big Ten, though, because you know what? They are making making their case that they're more legit than what people are giving them credit for because now you're having TCU after they lost Gary Patterson step up to the plate. They have yeah. Kansas, who <laughs> has always and been I, known I as a basketball I school. Pick Kansas. I pick Kansas in this game. You did. You, well, you, you said we're wrong. No. Oh, but hey, also, Quentin Johnson went off, bro. Bro, you literally stole my player. <laughs> both of Stop the Quint, both of the Quintons oh. went off, man. Both of the Quintons went off for both teams that are both playing wide receiver. Uh, I, I did just want to say, moving forward, you will see our roll up records for our picks. You know, through every single week, depending oh. on who's on the show. Me and Sora actually five and one on the season when it comes to podcast picks for college so far. NFL is a different story. <laughs> NFL, I'm trash. <laughs> but hey, I'm trying to think who all of we've picked. I'm just trying to remember now of games we've recapped. Okay, so let, let I can go through it. First week was Ohio State versus Notre Dame. All of us picked Ohio State. Uh -oh. Texas versus Bama. All of us picked Bama. Mm -hmm. Oregon versus BYU. You and Don picked BYU. I, I, I picked, picked Oregon. BYU and you picked Oregon. Nice save. Sorry. No, I didn't pick Bama. I picked Texas. No, you didn't. You picked Bama. I, I picked Texas, bro. Then put them at three and two. 
Yeah, or sorry, two and two. Are you sure? Because I went back and watched all the. I went back and watched all the episodes. I was tweeting that whole. Yeah, I must have changed my pick because that week I think I picked Bama at the start of the week and then switched it. Man, this man moved the goalposts. Hey, if it wasn't on the podcast, it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> um, the next like week it was with... it was Wake Forest and Clemson. I picked Wake Forest. You picked Clemson. Clemson. Ah, that's what NC... it was. Okay. Yeah, Clemson. I, NC I State. I forgot about BYU and Oregon. That's what my downfall was. Yeah, and then it was Clemson. NC State. We both picked Clemson. TCU. Kansas. Me, you, and Vic picked TCU. Uh, Slay pick Kansas. The Jayhawks. They aren't even a real bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what kind of bird is that? <laughs> Just look up the look up the history of that man. It's like absolutely insane. It's a, but it's like yeah, it's just some random mythical creature. Yeah, it's like a mix between two creatures. It's like what kind of like Pokemon fusions is this that they're doing? I just want to say shout out to the unengaged people out there that come in and say what's up and then don't say anything else. Thank you very much for your uh, participation. Um, but Soar, go ahead and give us yeah. your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean it was a neck. It was a it was a great game. Um, again, like Slay said, and I was gonna say for my player, shout out to Quentin Johnson. Fourteen receptions, two hundred and six yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the game winning touchdown, I believe, if I'm still correct. Um, averaging fourteen point seven yards. I mean. That dude was absolutely the reason. Not, I don't want to say the reason TCU won, but that dude was a big, big help in the TCU passing game. And I mean, even the running games helped. Uh, you got Max Dugan, nine carries, fifty-five yards, a rushing touchdown. He also had three hundred and eight uh, passing yards, three touchdowns through the air, and an interception. So I mean, TCU. I'm not saying obviously they'll be in the playoffs. But, I mean, TCU looks legit. If this was the year where they did the eight-team or 12-team college football, give me the Horn Frogs in the playoffs, man. What I'm, would happen? I, I'm just so happy that they are, you know, a lot of those kids were still there for the Gary Patterson. I know Max Dugan was. So, yeah. it, it's just good to see that they're they're keeping up the spirit even when he's there. But shout out to, you know. It's also just good to see real quick before you start. It's also just good to see they're giving loves to, like, the – not the smaller schools, but it's not all like SEC schools. It's not like five in the top ten or whatever. Like, still, there's no there's no defense that really gets played in the in the Big Twelve. Absolutely, <laughs> but still, I mean, shout out to T- just shout out to TCU. Go, shout out to the Horn Frogs. I want to say though, it was probably the best game of the weekend um, outside of defense being played for how balanced that both offenses were. Um, you know, TCU and Kansas, they ran for about 31, well, 31 rushing attempts for TCU, 38 attempts for, for Kansas, 33 pass attempts for TCU and 34 pass attempts for Kansas. So if you're talking about like a well-balanced, like, uh, offense, then, you know, you saw that on both sides of the ball, which was really, really nice. Uh, time of possession. This was kind of interesting time of possession, uh, 33 minutes for Kansas, 26 minutes for TCU. Uh, yeah. But TCU had 21 touchdowns. Kansas had 22 turnovers. They both had two turnovers. Total yards, 452 to Kansas for uh, 540. So if you're talking about the lopsided affair as far as statistics go, you would have thought Kansas would have won this game by how long that they kept the ball in their offense 
how many how much yardage that they got and they Especially just have because they dominated they dominated in total yards in passing yards rushing and then yards per play mm-hmm same with first downs third downs fourth downs they even penalties they had the most of penalties. they had more penalties than TCU did so I mean yeah it's definitely and again going back looking at the backup quarterback situation you think once Jaden Daniel goes out it's like all right it's over for Kansas no it was still a very good competitive game. Yep, it was. Um, shout out to Max Dugan too. He's making, and 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 a lot of people they're making this Heisman race not as close as what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna talk about one of the guys that we believe that we've been mentioning all season that could possibly be your Heisman winner if he plays really good in this game it continues his success after the game but um let's go ahead and move on to james madison makes the top 10 for the first time in their program's history and being an fbs school they did move up from being a, a caa school from the fbs they moved up they are part of the sunbelt coast and they are five and O as a team as well uh, so shout out to James Madison. What do you guys think about them cracking a top 25? And I'll find the top 25 and we'll run through that list. Or we'll start with you first. If I'm James Madison, I want Bama right here, right now. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's just, that's an incredible story. I mean, it's kind of like the, uh, as weird as, as weird slash stupid as it is to say, it's kind of a Cinderella story. It is. You got this random team coming out of the FCS school going into the Sun Belt, and it's like they're five and zero, and everybody's like, "Wait a minute, James Madison." He's like, "Ain't that the old dude like way back when with George Washington?" Hold up, they got a football team. Who is this? Yep. So I mean, it's the Dukes. You're right, the the real Duke. No, um, <laughs> that's what they seem like right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, it's just. Good for them. Great for them. That can only help with um, – that can just help with their school in general, more with recruitment, hires, uh, especially since they are still technically a lower school. So more recruits are able to get there, and they can see that they can have success here at James Madison versus as a Rice as of now. They're like, maybe we'll win two games. So, I mean, shout-out to James Madison. Go Dukes. Yep, go Dukes. Manny, what you think about it, man? First time in their program's history after moving up from FBS to or FCS to FBS. Hey, bro, it's a, it's a good feeling for them. I'd be I'd be very happy if I was a James Madison fan right now. Uh, this is the same team that beat um, Middle Tennessee, and remember, Middle Tennessee is the same team that beat Miami. That and, is very um, true. <laughs> I'm pretty we sure. We love to, we love to see that me and Sora. So right. it's like the it's like the Arnold meme with the two doing the hands together. Uh, yeah. We may not I'm like our team. Pretty sure they also we can all beat, agree with Miami losing. Yeah, they also beat Appalachian State, and we know Appalachian State can score some points, bro. Um, and Appalachian State nearly beat uh, North Carolina. Let's it, go back to what you said, though, Manny, because they. Absolutely crushed Middle Tennessee yeah. forty-four to seven. I mean, it wasn't close, and that's how Middle Tennessee started off their season. Angry to come in and beat what we thought was going to. I mean, I had them in my ACC championship, so you know, yeah. might had to might had to reel that one back in. But uh, yeah, so you brought up a very good point. Impressive performances so far for them. I mean, look, they're five and zero. 
usually when you're undefeated, uh, that helps your your race to get into the uh, rankings. And AP been favoring a lot of teams that's undefeated this year. I mean, that's what it should be, uh, in my opinion. If you're undefeated, you should be on these rankings. Um, and and right now, guess what? They're on the rankings, and Notre Dame ain't on the rankings. That's funny, bro. That is hilarious. Um, but yeah, that's There's- how I. Oh, James Madison right now. So I, I did want to go through James Madison's uh, the rest of their schedule. Uh, they do play Marshall next. Uh, or actually, they play uh, Georgia Southern next. Yeah. Georgia Southern beat who? Okay. Nebraska. Nebraska. They were <laughs> they were the catalyst to get Scott Frost out of Nebraska. So you got to go against somebody that's actually played a good school as well. Georgia Marshall. Southern, well, we got corn. Yeah, Marshall, who's been a really good team. Who did Marshall upset this season? Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. And then you got Coastal Carolina as their last game of the season. Who well, was that's what? That's gonna be a great game. Six and zero oh with Grayson McCall and the boys. Grayson McCall this season. Oh, I know we're talking about Heisman's man. Fifteen touchdowns, one interception, fifteen hundred yards. Uh so he's been pretty pretty incredible for the the Chanticleers. Uh, and it's Beasley behind the the the, the, the uh the what we like to call the golden chins the golden chins. Uh, he shout out to MG uh for telling me about Grayson McCall bro because I didn't know the dude like that um a year ago or I don't even think it was a year ago uh, it was actually it wasn't even that long ago it was like six couple months ago I don't remember um yeah but he he told me about Grayson McCall. Um, and how good of an athlete he was when he's off the, you know, balance and he's getting out in that pocket. And if you let him get out in that pocket, he can make a lot of throws that some NFL quarterbacks can do. And it's the same guy that went toe to toe with Zach Wilson and that same Coastal Carolina team beat um, BYU. So, yeah, Grayson McCall is that boy. He's dangerous. What's up, Key? Um, so I did want to go through the top 25 real quick. Let me blow this up on the screen for everybody to see. So let's go ahead and start at the bottom here. North, the people receiving votes, North Carolina, Baylor, shout out to uh, Drake May playing amazing football right now. BYU, Notre Dame, Florida, Tulane, Purdue, yeah. Florida State, <laughs> South Carolina. South Carolina's receiving votes. Oh Washington goodness. State. Uh, Minnesota, Maryland, LSU, and San Jose State are all receiving votes. Oh, San Jose State. Yes. <laughs> James Madison is receiving uh, at 25. Illinois, 24. Texas, Kentucky. Get Kentucky out of the top 25. Get, get right them out of there get completely. Of there. Cincinnati. This one hurts my soul seeing Utah down yeah, this far. Yeah, that one hurt too. I ain't even going to lie. Uh, Kansas is up there at 19. They moved. They weren't. They were unranked and moved all the way to 19. Uh, Syracuse. So scared to play that team here in November when I go see them. Uh, Kansas State 17. Shout out to Adrian Martinez. He apparently he transferred there because his girlfriend goes to that school. So shout out to him. Um, (laughs) Mississippi State. Put some respect on Will Rogers' name. I don't want to hear anything. He's been playing out of his mind. North Carolina State, they moved down after uh, barely beating Florida State. Go Wake Pack. Wake Forest. Uh, TCU moved up. Oregon State, the same. Shout out to UCLA Bruins. 
broke Chip Kelly's heart. actually a good college coach. Uh, and man. and then the top ten: Penn State, uh, Ole Miss at number nine, Oklahoma State staying their sneaky self there at number eight, uh, USC at number seven, Tennessee at six. Michigan's probably the most under, overrated school in the top five. Mm-hmm. Clemson is kind of suspect. And then you round out, which I still think Ohio State should be at number one. Jordan, I thought Ohio State was at one for whatever reason. They should be. I don't know why they are. They, How Georgia going to move up after beating up on Auburn, bro? Like, I, I, they, they love SEC schools. So just is what it is. But, you know, shout out to James Madison. We hope you have continued success out. Your schedule is going to get a little bit tough here for the end of your season because, unfortunately, you're playing two teams that are up, upset Power 5 schools, and you're playing Coastal Carolina, who's been running the Sunbelt Division, Sunbelt Coast Division for a little while now. So let's get over to the meat and potatoes. Tennessee versus Bama. Will Bryce Young be back this week? I don't know if you guys heard, but the star safety, the captain for Tennessee, got arrested, which is a huge blow for them if he doesn't play in this game. Uh, Apparently, somebody came into his apartment. The guy walked in, and apparently he said, from the police report, apparently he said that, oh, I did not mean to enter. So I came back out and said, sorry, man, my fault. And he he proceeded to walk out of his apartment and beat the crap out of the dude. Um, Apparently still all the details are unknown. But if this is the case, the captain, the star safety of the team uh, for Tennessee being out this game is going to is going to hurt them really, really bad. I forget the kid's name. I'm going to try to pull it up here. Uh, I think it's Trayvon Flowers, if I remember right. Yep, Trayvon Flowers. So Trayvon Flowers is uh, going to be sitting out this game, apparently. So you can't do that, man. As a football player, you got to be smarter than that. You have so many eyeballs on you, especially the week that your team is going to really need you. This is probably the one time you did not want to mess this up. So, Manny, we'll start with you. What is your thoughts around this game before we actually get into our picks? Um, I think this is going to be an interesting game for the sole fact that you have two dynamic quarterbacks um, running. And, and look, this is what I mean by running. Uh, I hope you all know what running means. Uh <laughs> What dynamic, happened? explosive. Myro this season, whenever he's been out there, uh, he's been he's been actually really um really dynamic, and he's he's helped that Alabama offense go to another notch. Um, but yep. you could clearly see that his passing isn't like fully developed. That's that's still kind of why I disagree with Fishing for why he said Myro was better than Bryce Young. Um, I completely disagree with that. I think Bryce is still the better quarterback. I think he just has a little more elements to his game. And that's what makes him better. But to this game, I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting game because if Bryce Young comes back, could this be a shootout? Um, or is it just gonna be one of those types of games where uh Tennessee, you know, comes in there, momentum, they just dominate. 
Or is it going to be a game where Alabama comes in there and clearly sees that Tennessee has a lot of momentum because they've been beating a lot of good teams? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they beat Florida. I'm sorry, sir, but Florida, you know, Florida obviously. They didn't beat Florida. Trey didn't beat Florida. Uh, it's as simple as that. Also, they beat Florida, and Florida this offseason, a lot of people said they were a great team. Or a good team. I mean, I was high on Florida, so I'm not even gonna lie to you. Guys, so we we most of us were high on Florida. Um and Tennessee beat them too. Uh so yeah, this Tennessee team when going into this game, it's like it comes down to how Hooker plays against that defense. And that uh, Alabama team to me it's just not as dominant as it used to be. That O line is weak. They don't have too many elite offensive linemen. Even with Evan Neal last year, they still weren't really good. Um, besides Will Anderson, you know, and I always forget the dude's name in that backfield. Um, he has a really – a Kool-Aid man. Uh, Kool-Aid man. Kool-Aid man. The Kool-Aid man, bro. I know who you're talking about. Um, he, he's, he's one of the, uh, their other good players. Um, that defense, it's nowhere as strong as it was in several years. Um, I, I just – I don't feel like this Bama team is as good as they used to be. So this is going to be a really interesting game, man. I just, I just want to see how Hooker does against like a top five school, and if he's really about what he's been putting on this table and what he's been putting on against other teams. I just want to see if he can do it against a top five school and a Nick Saban led team. That's going to be even more interesting. It is. Um, so we we know this has been a very suspect Alabama team this whole season from the Texas game to other games where they've looked a little bit shaky. I think they're still trying to work out not only who is the top receiver, but who is the who's really and truly outside of Bryce Young and Will Anderson, who else is going to be the guy that steps up and makes his name known. It's not, you know, it's very interesting to watch their team this year. They're, they've looked the most vulnerable than they've been, and we knew that recruiting and things like that were just going to catch up with them. And um, maybe this is why Nick Saban was mad at, <laughs> at Jimbo Fisher. But Real quick, can we just take a moment to realize or to reflect on the pettiness of Saban? Because you have Saban oh, I saw back that. turn to f- Jimbo. Jimbo's talking to him. He's like not listening until an assistant goes, uh, Saban. Turn around and he goes, "What's up?" This man just slowly turns and goes, "Oh hey, what's up?" And then goes shake his hands. I was like, "This man, this man Hold right on. here." Jimbo Fisher was the kid at the playground and nobody wanted to play with. Yeah, standing by himself until one brave kid stepped up to the plate. <laughs> and then that brave kid got shoved in a locker for stepping up to the plate. Yeah. So, what's your outlook on this game, sir? Before we move into the picks. Tennessee is a really good team. I hate to admit it. Um, mm-hmm. Hendon Hooker. I mean, we'll we'll get into Hendon Hooker later, obviously, because I got I got a lot of good things to say about that kid. But um, I mean, Tennessee is just a really good team, and kind of like what's what you said, Dante. Who on Alabama? Even if Bryce Young plays, you have him and Will Anderson. Who else is going to have to step up? And I feel like your answer there is going to have to be safety Jordan Battle. That's a good one. You know, you look at Tennessee's defense. Yes, that safety got arrested. I feel like he should be able to play because in my defense, that's self-defense right there. Some dude walks into my apartment. You think he's just going to leave like that? No. Well, apparently he went 
and beat the crap out of them in the parking lot. So, <laughs> well, you know, these hands are rated E for everybody. Right? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I tend to agree with you, but you know, <laughs> it could have been a lot worse than hands. All right, you walk into somebody's house here in Florida or Alabama, you ain't getting hands. You getting, you getting the open casket season. You know. Oh, facts. Um, so I mean, you even with that, like Tennessee's got some weak parts on the defense yes but they also have like they also have a good part so let's not forget uh no never mind sorry he's on alabama out uh, of alabama but another star player for alabama uh ex volunteer henry toto he's gonna have to step up big both, Toto. Him and, both him and battle are gonna have to step up big Mm-hmm. but um i think it is gonna be a shootout because i don't think both defenses are gonna be able to stop uh, these quarterbacks, maybe Bryce Young, but I don't. It's gonna take a lot to stop Hendon Hooker, and we just we have not seen that kid been stopped yet. I mean, I he has to, no interceptions. He hasn't thrown a single interception at all. I hate to say it, but everybody that we watch film about has really turned out to be their great this season. <laughs> Will Levis, I believe we had it a D. He's really, I mean, like. Uh, to to say the words of Logan, uh, people are meat riding for for <laughs> Will Levis still, even though they completely so saying is we called it correctly. <laughs> yep, Hendon Hooker, we called it correctly. He was he was the he was the best person that we reviewed, and second to him was Will Rogers. So I, I know how much Manny hated. Yeah, we did hated watching Rogers. that. I, forgot, I don't know how. Well, by the way, mm-hmm. by the way, I think it was with. The tape that we watched on Jaden Daniels, I feel like that was more of the scheme than him not like naturally getting his full potential out there. Because you know, in college, they're gonna do like one read quarterbacks and only. Like, I mean, he's still dinking and dunking too. So uh, yeah, sometimes dinking and dunking. I I understand that. Um, but the only quarterback that did not get that excuse is Tyler Van Dyke. There was so many times on film where I was literally seen, about to say, yep. we were. I was yeah. right about Tyler Van Dyke too. That man is garbage. Yeah. We've seen him on uh, constant film tapes. We've seen him looking at one side the whole game, and he had one side wide open, and he just didn't look there. Hold on. Um, I'm not going to say. One read wasn't even open. I'm not going to say the name, but Logan told me there was one specific uh, giant football content creator who said Tyler Van Dyke is the next Peyton Manning, and I just want to say, good sir, stop it. Get some or, or you better hope <laughs> that he's <laughs> – that he's you the better next. Stop. <laughs> you better stop. <laughs> All right, so to get, to go on to our picks, Sore, get us get us started off, my man. You know, I'm not even gonna hype this up and try to fake y'all. Give me Tennessee. Give me the Volunteers. Wow, I give you Tennessee. I'm taking the Volunteers. You better stop. No, give me the Volunteer. Give me Tennessee. <laughs> give me Tennessee right now. I got you. Okay, I gave them to you, man. Chill. You got them. Like, you got them. Manny? I completely agree with them. Give me Tennessee as well. Let's go. Give you Let's Tennessee go, as well? Oh, my goodness. Do the clean sweep. Do the trifecta. Do the triforce. Oh, man. Come on, bro. You the last one, man. You know you want to do it. Yo, complete the Thanos throne, bro. <laughs> Thanos throne? <laughs> Yo. The Thanos gauntlet. 
Oh, oh man. Gauntlet, my bad. You know you want to do it. Yes. There it is. Let's go. I'm picking Good. Tennessee as well, man. The uh, Triforce. Let me make sure the, the logo looks right. Tennessee, give me Tennessee. Hen and Hooker. I said it as soon as Josh Hypo went to Tennessee, give him two years. Mm-hmm. Nobody believe me. It's one of our most popular videos on our channel, by the way. And it the thing like- is, as well, like you got to realize, Hooker's done all of this without his best wide receiver. The past two or three weeks, he's done it without his best wide receiver. He should be getting back his best wide receiver this week. So and what? And remember, people were saying, "Oh, he doesn't have Velas Jones. He's not going to be that good without Velas Jones." Look at him, bro. Stop. Look at us. Bro, and then when we watched the video, it was he was dink he not dinking and dunking, but he was passing it to everybody and their mamas. Everybody yeah. was eating. So he almost people, beat Alabama last year. I almost said last week, but yeah, last year. It's absolutely ridiculous. Clean sweep right here. Soren me are six and one on or six and one or five and one. Five and one. Hopefully six and one. We're five and one on the year so far with our picks. Uh, Manny is three and one. He says that he's four and zero oh, though. Oh wait, two and two. You said that you're two and two. Hey, two just keep just keep with it, cause that's what I saw. So he's three and one as well. But maybe he'll be four and one, and me and Sora will be six and one. So the college stuff, we're on it. You know what I'm saying? I have to I have to tally up all the ones from the from the college football show on Saturday. Yeah, and that's see what how I was closer. working on. I'll have to do that today when I'm not you know passed out on the couch. I'll probably do that tonight. To be no. completely honest, I got, I got the I got the whole spreadsheet. I got college, NFL for the podcast. I got even the Thursday well, that night. That's easy for you to calculate. Thursday night, even when we did the the college one, I'm zero and seven, bro. <laughs> Vic, is, Vic is six. Vic is six and one. Yeah, Thursday night games are my kryptonite. So, interesting question. <sighs> Hinton Hooker's prime for a Heisman win. I think that if he actually beats Alabama convincingly, which will be his signature win, right? Possibly a SEC title berth. But if he stays consistent throughout the rest of the season while taking this win as well, do you think he's a runaway favorite at Heisman? I think so. I don't think there's anything anybody else can do on the stat sheet if he stays consistent the whole season. No, we have not gone over the Giants yet, Matthew. We going with, <laughs> huh? Man, who's, who's uh, I was like, I, I thought Dante was starting off, so I was just yeah. waiting there. I was like, uh-huh. no, no, no. Oh, go uh-huh. ahead, Sora. Go ahead. <laughs> like, um, like, go ahead, go ahead. Get the uh, clipping tool ready for this. <clears throat> oh no! I think Hendon Hooker should already be leading for the Heisman. I think whoever takes Hendon Hooker in the NFL draft is getting the best quarterback in the draft. I said it. I said it. Who is knocking at my door? Enter. I'm trying to talk about Tennessee here. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, no, I I do think shh, I do think um, Hendon Hooker is definitely primed for a Heisman win. I think he will go in there. I think Tennessee will beat Alabama. I think they'll even beat Georgia. I think Hen- or Hennon Hooker. I think Tennessee will be in the SEC East for the uh, championship game. Logan, he will not be a Giant because he's going to be a top five pick. So unless the Giants lose every single game from now on, he will not be a New York Giant. Mm. Manny, what you think? 
I, I completely agree. I think he is the Heisman winner as of this moment. And I, I will, I would like to say this. Um, I was wrong about one thing. I don't think C.J. Stroud is better than Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is the best quarterback in this class. I, I'll, I'll definitely admit that. Stroud is not better than this man. Um, first of all, I know Stroud hasn't reached his ceiling yet, but Hooker hasn't reached the ceiling yet too. <laughs> he hasn't even he hasn't even peaked it, bro. So that that makes it scarier for the NFL and what's coming when he gets in the league. Uh, the league. Um, but in the league, in the league, maybe. <laughs> but. Ho- so now I was gonna say so let's compare the stats here. Hendon Hooker. I was gonna right say now. I have the stats up right now. So Hendon Hooker yards, mm-hmm. one thousand four hundred thirty-two. Ten touch, ten passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Has not thrown an interception. Has a QBR of ninety point four, which is third in college. Looking at his rushing stats, he's got uh, four hundred fifty attempts for two hundred thirty-one yards. Averages about five or not fifty five point one. Like I said, three touchdowns. 70% um, completion percentage. Remember to throw yeah. that in there, too. Yep, I was just about to get to that. 6'4", 218. And remember, this guy was a transfer from um, Virginia Tech. I couldn't remember. I knew it was a yep. Virginia school. I just couldn't remember what, which one. But so, yeah. I don't know, though. Because C.J. Stroud, he might not have had a touchdowns on the ground. He's at a 70.6 completion percentage. 1,737 yards. 10 yards average on the catch, uh, 24 touchdowns, three interceptions, man. He's only yeah. been sacked four times. Bruh. That O-line doesn't get enough recognition. I tried to tell y'all, man, they're some of the biggest in the country, man. And Logan, come on, bro. He's not Sheiks. That's you're, you're doing. Here's you're doing. the thing, though, with Hendon Hooker. Like, and you mentioned this earlier. Like, we kind of saw it. Or we were talking about, uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jibba and or however you say his name. I ain't trying to say something else because I'm white and get canceled. No, Jackson, yeah, Jackson yeah. Smith and Jibba. Okay, I was right. Alrighty. Once he kind of went down, you saw the production we saw last year drop a little bit, and even after losing like Olave and um, Wilson, I don't know, I can remember his name. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you said. Hooker passes the ball to everybody and their mamas. Like, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see them target just one guy because that's what Matt Ryan does. And look at him in the Colts. Mm. So, I mean, you want a quarterback that can win with his legs. You want a 6'4", 218-pound quarterback who can stand in the pocket and use his legs when he needs to, who can spread the ball around to everybody. I mean, the most interceptions he's had in his five-year career, I should say four since he didn't play in 2018, was five. He has a total of ten interceptions throughout four years and has not thrown an interception this year. Who does he remind you of in the NFL? Hendon Hooker or CJ Stroud? Hooker. I was I was thinking. I need to think about that because I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Yeah, he reminds me to to be to be completely honest with you. He reminds me of a better version or smarter version of Cam Newton. Yeah, that's that's a good one. (laughs) 
<laughs> Zach bid uh, 29. He said, just here for SEC F Bam. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say he reminds me of Deshaun Watson. That's a good one, too. He plays yeah, I, I was trying to think of somebody like with that is good with their legs. But yeah, I would agree with Deshaun Watson. I would agree with a smarter, less arrogant, less annoying Cam Newton. You know, not a little punk. God damn. I do not like Cam Newton, bro. Bruh. Cam Newton's a little misunderstood, but I, I get what you're saying. These damn fruit flies! But what, what I was going to say was earlier, um, you said his marquee game, like his stamp game, is this Bama game? Is that what you said, ECG? Like yeah. This, I, well, com- when you, I completely disagree with that. I completely disagree. Why? What is a stronger because, game? What is a stronger game that Ohio play, State's going to play this year than Hinton Hooker will play? They play Georgia, and that defense is way better than that Alabama defense. So, if we're really looking at it from this perspe- uh, perspective, if he can beat Bama, right? And you know, some people think Bama has good defense this year. I don't know about that. I feel like people just look at players. And don't watch the actual games. Fake college football fans. What can I say? Anyway, though, Fake when news. we look at Georgia, um, Georgia against uh, Tennessee, you look at both squads. Hooker, like Sora was saying, he's going to throw it to all of his receivers. And that Georgia defense, no slouches, man. That defense is really, really good. Um, and a whole defense at that you know, producers that went into the NFL. You got Jordan Davis out here playing amazing football. Quay Walker playing amazing football. You got so many players that come out of that school on defense. That game is going to solidify him in the Heisman a lot more because of how good that defense is. Mm. Well, so when I when I really look at it, right, and this is why I say that this is going to be their marquee game that they play, and I understand that they play Georgia. The reason why I say that is because if they beat Alabama, who's the number three school right now, right, arguably number one, is between them, Ohio State, and Georgia. They keep flip-flopping every damn week anyways. If they beat Alabama, we're going to go into the Georgia game a little bit more closer to the fact that we think that they have more of a chance of beating Georgia because if it was if it was Tennessee, okay, so put it like this: if it was Tennessee versus Georgia this week, would we be as keen to say Georgia is going to win that game as of right now? No, I'd still pick Tennessee. I'd still pick Tennessee. You still pick Tennessee against I Georgia? I still pick Tennessee. I told you, I think. Well, I let me let me rephrase the question. Tennessee is going to be in the SEC East for the SEC championship. I yeah. think they represent the East. Well, let me let me rephrase the question. Do you think it's a much harder game for them to win than it will be against Alabama this week? I I think that's a much harder game, but I still think because of how good AR, not AR. Oh my God, I just said AR. My bad. Um, how good Hooker is, um, in terms of his legs and his throwing. I think in both areas he's keen to beat that Georgia defense and. That Georgia defense is really, really good, but you can score points on them. Um, I still think Alabama simply just because of the fact that Alabama's got a better offense than Georgia, which is going to take the entire team to beat. I think Hendon Hooker can handle Georgia's defense, and I think uh, Tennessee's defense can handle uh, 
JT Daniels. Mm. I I just think that if we were talking about the game this week, Georgia would be so Georgia and Tennessee would be a more because I think I think Tennessee's gonna go in there and it's gonna be not as close as a game as what people are gonna expect. Cause I think Georgia's gonna go in and kind of smack them in the mouth and be like, it's okay, this is not your year. More so than they would do against Georgia right now. I just think Tennessee's that damn good to beat Alabama, but I don't think they're that damn good to beat Georgia. Even though I would put I would pick Tennessee as a is that game at home or away? Uh, give me like two seconds. It is at Georgia. So that okay, makes a difference right. too. Home field advantage is huge in college. We've seen what happened with Mississippi with Mississippi State this season. Like, you know, causing the upset. But they they have to go to Georgia and play. They're not coming to Tennessee and play. You know what I don't I know. think will happen? I think if there was a situation where Tennessee played Georgia this year in the regular season. Georgia would lose. But Mm -hmm. had they met in the playoffs the second time around, Tennessee has a lot of momentum. Hooker's going to most likely win the Heisman. And they lose. That's where I think where they lose to Georgia. I do do think he should win. I don't think any quarterback is better than Hendon Hooker right now. I don't care. I completely agree. Stroud may have more touchdowns. That's great, but I just I think Hooker is a smarter, better football player. And yeah. one thing people don't understand is Hooker lost Vilas Jones this offseason to the draft, and he hasn't had his number one wide receiver for half the year. I'm. S- you know statistically who the best quarterback is right now, though. Oh, uh, I know exactly who you're gonna say, and I can't remember his name right now. Mm-mm. No, not Penix no. anymore. Not Penix anymore. Um, Will Rogers. Yeah. I don't know why I could not remember Will Rogers for a second, but yes. This this is the I'm telling you, this season, if all these quarterbacks come out, listen to the list of quarterbacks that are on this list that nobody is saying is trash. This is the deepest quarterback draft in the history in the history of the game. Really? Where, even over even over uh Rivers and um Rivers Manning and uh Roethlisberger? Well, when you take a look back now, yeah, it was crazy. Fair point. But going in there as far as talent, here we go. I'm just read off the names. Will Rogers is eligible. Michael Penix Jr. Uh Austin Reeve from Western Kentucky. Uh uh Jaden DeLora from Arizona, who's been playing out of his mind. Davis Brin, Stetson Bennett, CJ Stroud, Talia Tagovailoa, Tanner Mordecai, Chase Bryce. Uh, Kerner Bazelak from from uh, Indiana, Grayson McCall, Clayton Toon, like Bo Nix, Jaron Hall. I know, I know you hate to say Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, DG, uh, DJ Uyunglele, uh Cam Rising, Hendon Hooker, Will Levis, Spencer Sanders. Like Jesus, bro. Like <laughs> if all these players decide to come out, it's half going of them are going to be backups, bro. <laughs> They, yeah, they're going to be backups, but like, still, we're going to be looking at this draft as like being like, holy crap! If you need a quarterback, the, all these dudes are no pushovers, like whatsoever. Somehow, the Patriots are going to get two of them. But I agree with you. If they beat Alabama, and he continues to be consistent, even if they lose against Georgia, 
he still wins the Heisman because he's not going to turn the ball over a ton. I totally agree. And what's on his side is having Alabama and Georgia on the schedule. I mean, uh, Bryce Young will return to Bama in 2023, of course. But what's, what makes it interesting, Paul, is how many players stay because of NIL? They don't have to force their way out anymore. Lots. They're, they they might stay no, for a legacy uh, now. If there was no NIL deal, he'd be going to the draft this year immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just the the name of the game. I mean, why would some of these players come out when it's like they're looking at their peers like, holy crap, he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good. How many players that a name right there? Like fifteen? I uh, twenty. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Giants versus the Packers, man, in London over the weekend. Slay, or a.k.a. Manny, was watching this game real tight while we were on the live stream uh, on on Saturday morning. Um, Saturday? It was Sunday. Or Sunday morning, yeah. And all we kept saying was Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, man. Now we have a segment to talk about it. Thank you. <laughs> I had to throw this on there. Well, it was our game of the week last week too, and it was and it was everything in the in in, in the bag of chips, man. So twenty seven twenty two, we all picked the Packers to win. Oh, I know the Lightning did something crazy right now. Uh, go Good ahead. heavens! Would you look at the time? It's Stammer time. <laughs> uh Stammy scored. Ah, damn it. Uh, but let's let's go around the horn, man. This, you know, Manny, we'll start it's, with it's you. It's tied one-one, so I can't be too excited. Yeah, <laughs> Saquon Barkley would be shut down. Donkey of the day yet again. Oh it's my gosh! It's okay, bro. We were wrong. You've said that like ninety times now, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hold up. Let me pull up the stats again for Barkley. Give me a second. But Sora did say he was going to be held under like seventy-five yards. So yeah, and I was right about it. So yeah. I wouldn't exactly say that's him popping yeah. off it was it an was o- really it was an over underestimate and uh, yeah. it was an over underestimate of 75 and i said under and i was correct mm-hmm. and it was really me and uh ecg but he didn't like pop off like nick chubb did like he's not over here popping off like nick chubb that's why he's not better than him, bro. like he's he's done like a couple good games against the um i want to say it was the the Titans game, he had a really good game. He had a really good game against who did they play before the um the Packers, the Bears, the Bears, uh, and I believe they played Dallas. He had a pretty solid game then. The Panthers, he didn't do too much then. Um, and Big Fridge, bro, I hate when people say Saquon's better than uh than Nick Chubb because he's not as consistent as Nick Chubb, bro. He he had two um two games this year where he wasn't like popping off nick chubb has been consistent the whole year bro nick chubb from the moment the nfl started he's been consistent every year he's consistent bro that's why i hate when people say saquon's better yeah we're all saying saquon is a good player but let's not act like he was a world changer against green bay like you said, he had 106 total yards, 70 rushing, and 36 in passing. Like, let's not act like that was a stellar performance. It was a good performance, yes, but let's not act like we haven't seen Nick Chubb do the same thing or Austin Eckler do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yo, Big Fridge, I just had to say, man, Eve, like Slay's been calling out all season about, about Nick Chubb is going to be the number one guy. I, and I'll eat crow. You know what I'm saying? I'll eat crow. I might make some hot takes. And I mean, yeah, I, I do. You have to be honest with yourself here. When you watch, when you watch the show, I'm right about a lot of things. I might not be right about the game predictions, but as far as like projections and things like that, I said that Jonathan Taylor was going to break the rushing yards record this year, and and Manny's been like, nah, bro. Like Nick Chubb is going to be that dude. And I love Nick Chubb, man. I loved him ever since when he was at Georgia, when he had that horrific injury. If anybody is like comeback player of the century, I don't want to talk about his time at Georgia. The comeback player of the century, man, from coming back from that leg injury that he had, which was freaking nasty. I'll never forget, bro. Right there on the oh, sideline, I remember watching that live. He, his his leg went into a tuna fish sandwich, bro. Like straight up. I think Wait, that was probably one of the first times. Time out, real quick. Uh, yeah, man, I think that was probably one of the first times I saw an injury happen in real life, and I was like, I might throw up. Like, it was that. It was like watching a Mortal Kombat thing. I was like, oh. I, I honestly thought he was ever going to walk again after seeing that. I was like, he's done. It's over. And Loaded. to say that he's been the better version of... Remember, him and Tyler Gurley played with each other. He's been I the, know. He's been the better Gurley version. Even. Tyler Gurley was awesome. I seen him in high school. He was like a Chico. But what are you going to say, man? Arthritis. He just said, get part of Barkley Chubb's O-line. See what happens. Chubb was doing this ever since he got into the league, bro. He's been mm -hmm. doing this since he got to the league. He's been consistent and in he's, there every game. And he's, he's been hurt, too. Back in the league. Like, he's He's been hurt, too. And still, every single time he steps on the field, he gets 100 yards. <laughs> like, And nobody talks about it enough. But... I, I get I get it Logan I get I get your pain man but um so do we think that Aaron Rodgers is regressing or do we just think it's wide receiver woes there Yes to both. I think <laughs> Yeah I, I, I mean not wait what 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 are you talking is, about I think is Oh I misread that I thought that was your first name I was like we got two in there in here no, nah, that's happening? that's that's pops, man. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that was pops. I could tell pops. that was your dad, bro. I, yeah. I read that as Dante at first, so I was like, wait, wait, what? I was like, you're in yeah. the show. What do you mean? What have I missed? <laughs> um, yes to both. Yes, obviously, Rogers is missing Adams. Rogers is missing uh, MVS. But also, let's, let's not act like Rogers has been a world beater himself. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, again, I can literally go back to the final play, and I know this is the play that was designed, and I don't think Matt LaFleur is that good of a coach either. But you look at that final play on that fourth, not final play, on that fourth down, yes, it was a quick pass, but literally if Rodgers just looks to the left, there's a wide-open guy. Much like Russell Wilson, if he just looks at his wide-open guy, if he literally just turns his head, there's a wide-open guy that can literally just turn and walk into the end zone winning them the game um i i think he is just i i think he should have retired him being rogers or i got at least gotten out of green bay i don't think lafleur is helping him i don't think he's helping himself i don't think his receivers are helping him it's just it's not going to be a good year for rogers and the packers so let me let me go through my top 40 quarterbacks and let's let's get now that we're in going into week six we're we're through the first quarter of the season right the first quarter or, or going in, uh, 
No, we're going into week six. Yeah, so we've been through five weeks already. So this is technically mm-hmm. the first quarter of the season. Is there four more Rodgers? So I had Tom Brady at number nine. Does that seem so crazy now? No, but I do think you can also put that on uh, mental. Well, yeah, but still, he's at number nine. Yes, I think that's Aaron Rodgers. Right Aaron Rodgers at number ten. Yeah, I was flaming you for that. I'm not even gonna lie. But what I was my criteria? Right, what was huh? my criteria though? I said you regression, said regression, regression, age, age, and weapons. Russell Wilson at a number eleven. Does that look so crazy now? Nope. I think it needs to be further down. <laughs> I had two at eighteen. Did that look so crazy before his injury? Um, you said eighteen. Yeah. Coming in this into this year, nah. I maybe would have had him. I think I had him at like sixteen, but yeah, that's. I had Daniel Jones at number twenty. Does that look so crazy? Nope. No, nah, I think he's about right there. Maybe I think maybe you put uh, not Rogers Jones at eighteen. But Paul, this was before the season, and I was getting flamed. I was getting flamed for putting these people at this list. Like Manny will tell you, I was getting flamed for this. Oh, now here's I the was one flaming you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I check it out. This is this is the one that everybody lost their minds on. Number twenty two, Kyler H. Murray. Oh. No, nope, agreed. That is agreeable. I agreed with you 100% on that. Mm-hmm. But I got absolutely flamed up for that. Yep, I flamed you on that no. too. I had now, him in the top 15. And somebody said that this was too high. But literally and truly, when you look at his situation, how well he has been playing with that play calling, Marcus Mariota at number 26. Doesn't seem so crazy now, does it? Exactly. Especially when he won't utilize Kyle Pitts, but that's I digress. So maybe I'll re-release that top forty so everybody can see it like first quarter of the season. But uh I just wanted to I just wanted to run through that. But uh just title it in all caps Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradante. <laughs> like I said, I might not pick the games right, but I damn sure I'll be picking uh situations right sometime, man. Just is what it is. So let's get into the controversial thing, what you guys all came for. Devontae Adams pushed the cameraman in frustration. Should he get fined? What is going on? Did you see the other angle of the situation or what happened? So let's run down what led up to this situation. If you guys didn't catch the game last night, there was a double route on the left side of the offensive line. Derek Carr drops back. Hunter Renfro runs into an out route while Devontae Adams was running it looked like a post route, right? It looks like Hunter Renfro ran too far out where they cross-sectioned each other, T-boned each other, right? And the ball was thrown all the way downfield like he thought Devontae Adams was going to be there. Devontae Adams proceeded to go to the sideline, slam his helmet out of frustration at the end of the game we see him walk up to the cameraman that was running across his way he pushed him down out of frustration and uh apparently the cameraman had to go to the hospital all this other stuff you know he's apparently gonna do all kinds of you know stuff about this situation which we're not going to get into the legal side of everything but now that you've seen the other angle where it looks like he possibly didn't see him and he was pushing him out the way 
it kind of changed the narrative on everything. So, Manny, what was your thoughts on this? Do you think uh, do you think Devontae Adams now seeing both angles? Do you think that he's in the wrong? Um, I I don't know because uh, he had a visor on. Um, you still would see that with that visor. I mean, it was a dark black visor. You could still see. Um, but from that angle, I still feel like he shouldn't have done that. To be quite honest with you, uh, first of all, you're an NFL player, bro. You got to keep your emotions to yourself. Uh, yep. You're a grown ass dude. Um, as uh, you're you're grown. That's the whole point of this. Um, but Devontae Adams, too late. you've already done it. <laughs> Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, bro. You're not supposed to do that. And personally, I don't know, man. I feel like with the whole hospital thing, that's just for him trying to get money. Um, I I felt like when he did that, he was definitely going to get the bag. You, I mean, everyone was saying he was going to get the bag. Uh, you got to believe this. Oh, dude, yeah, 100%. A lot of money, man. Uh, a whole lot of money. Um, but he's 1,000% not hurt. Like, that man... He got pushed, but he didn't get pushed to the point where like it was it, it was like career ending knee injuries and whatnot. He didn't get broken up like bad, bad. Um let me talk can't be taking three seconds in between. Yo, Logan, chill. Um, but yeah, uh I just feel like what Devontae Adams did was very inexplu- uh inexcusable. Um and you should not be doing that if you're an NFL player. Um, and you know how to keep your emotions to yourself. And then he went on Twitter um, and said, you know, he apologized and whatnot. He didn't see him. Uh, but you you kind of get that feeling that he did see him because he said he was mad in the moment for his behavior by saying that. So I, I feel like he's still in the wrong here. Um, but well, he was pissed. He was very pissed. Let me jump on this before before my thought goes away here, and that is a funny as hell comment by Vic right there. If anyone should I'm about be say, getting... Vic, you gotta get that you gotta get that text to speak working, man. <laughs> no, well, no, he made a good point though. If you just read through the the inconsistencies, no, I know, but I was just like, if anyone should be getting hit, it's Hunter uh, Renfro. Um, right isn't he supposed <laughs> to be like the like the route god? That's and, and ran the, the ran the most idiotic route of all time. How do you not know? I never thought that he was like this amazing route runner. Anyways, I never was on that train of like, oh, Hunter Renfro is a top five nah, route runner. I'm not gonna do that. He is a good route runner. I'm not gonna do that. Nah, but he's not top five, bro. Look at this. I mean, it's absolutely he's ridiculous. Top Ten. He's definitely up there for sure. So, I'm gonna play devil's advocate right down the middle. I'm gonna give it to you from Devonte Adams' frustrations. Yeah. And the cameraman's frustrations. Devontae Adams' frustrations. If you watch the other angle, that cameraman was running across. He probably didn't see him. He pushed him out the way, out of frustration, whatever. You know, maybe the guy was acting crazy. I get it. It kind of changes the narrative based off the angle. On the other side of that, as the cameraman... You have to keep in, in, in into consideration, like, we might get credential to go to the Senior Bowl this year, right? So, here's the, here's the thing. Not only... I swear I'll try my best to behave. We're not millionaires. We don't have tons of money to throw out there. We're not going to be staying at the Hilton Hotels and all this other stuff, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be sleeping in my car. 
all the all the credential guys that are there are probably the same or either they work for an organization which doesn't pay them a high salary so for them to get credential to go to this game very big opportunity he might have had company equipment he might have had his own equipment you know what i'm saying the he you don't i mean this is a primetime athlete with tons of adrenaline you know running through his body by the time the dude came by he got pushed down um and everything it could have broke his equipment he really probably could have been hurt as well who are we to say we we're just so quick to jump to the conclusion that some dude is trying to get money but on the other side of that if you're trying to play the game of life the consequences of him doing that have come full circle right yeah he might want to get a little bit of money but hey let him get the bag you know what i'm saying like yeah, I want my money. I want it now. JG oh, Wentworth. JG Wentworth. 877 uh, cash now. 877 cash now. Not sponsored. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's that's the other side I think about it. But more so, like, if he broke company equipment or his own equipment, which, like, and if you don't make a ton of money, if you guys don't know about camera equipment, it is thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars mm-hmm. worth of stuff that is coming out of your pocket, which he probably spent his whole life savings on there, and he finally got credential. Like, I don't know the dude's situation. I'm just playing devil's advocate right down the middle. So you got to think about both sides of the coin. We all say that the dude should have did this or the dude should have did that. But if it was you, what would you do? Soar, go ahead and uh, and get it in. What I, up, Lindy? I mean, you... You, you kind of took a little bit of my thought process because I was going to say, we knowing how dramatic people can be, knowing what just happened, the guy's like, I'm going to try to get a good shot. And he's like, if I get hit, then I have an opportunity to make some money off of this as well. He's like, I have an opportunity to get the money shot, not in that way, and also money if I if he hits me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that was the dude's intention. If so, then the dude just definitely does not need to get a penny. But, I mean, I, I think it's more or less the fact that it was he did just kind of land on his butt, then fell back, hit his head. He was fine. He sat up. He wasn't like, ow or whatever. He wasn't like, oh, woe is me. And, you know, the guy that picked him up wasn't like, we need a medic. Um, I, I do think it was more or less just him being like, my equipment's damaged. Please pay for the repairs. Um, and you know, maybe medical, cause apparently he did have to go to the hospital. So, I mean, maybe a little bit of medical, but I do think the equipment is kind of more of it. Um, I'm suing for 50 mil here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking for the first year of his contract. That's what I'm doing now. Um, I mean, I don't know. It was just kind of a boneheaded play by, the, by Adams. I get he's in the emotions. He's one in four. They were up 17, nothing. And they blew a 17, nothing lead against Patrick Mahomes. You have an idiotic coach and Josh McDaniels going for two instead of wanting to tie it up when your defense was doing all right, stopping everybody except Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I do think, and I think it was Logan said it, it was the most Raiders ending for the Raiders that night. Not only did you blow a 17-point lead, not only did you lose, not only are you 1-4, now your star wide receiver is in legal issues because he shoved this dude out of frustration. So, I mean, it's just try and survive the bye week. Also, mm-hmm. ECG. Just try to survive the bye week. I want to say something about this game, bro. Start and I know this isn't one of the topics that we're going to talk about. But Shoot. it needs to be said. Shoot. This league with this roughing the passer whole bullcrap, it's just not fair to these defensive players because – 
I get it. He's what is he? How how big is Chris Jones? Uh, he, he's huge, man. That dude is humongous compared to Derek Carr. Um, but when you look at it, how are these players supposed to play on defense when literally their main job is supposed to sack them or tackle them in open space or if they get them in the pocket? Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, two-hand touch them? Like, you can't do that. Like, it's, it's so fair – and not fair. It's so unfair to the defensive players in this league. And it it, it just looks back um, on the NFL because now – they're having that whole um, thing with um, the rule book. I know they're trying to change something. I know you were talking about that in the Discord. Uh, they're letting the NFL players and the players and I'm just getting a tangent here, but um, the <laughs> players. No, you're you're absolutely fans, right. All of them are speaking now, and it kind of makes me upset because as a football fan, I'm going to look at this realistically. So. I and I'm not a defensive player. I, I like I've always had that, you know, offensive mentality, but I just I just feel like it's so unfair to defensive players um because if you can't sack the quarterback then what are you supposed to do? Just touch them? Like you can't do that. that it, it, that's their main job. That's why they get paid. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> my dad's comment was freaking hilarious. Oh, that's uh, about what I was the, about Devonte. Like, uh, about Devonte Adams. <laughs> he said maybe the cameraman was talking crap and Devonte smacked him. <laughs> he was like, "No, but you're absolutely you? right." So, smack so you back next week. So, Manny, what'd you think about my idea? I know you saw the short. Put a QR code on the screen. Here's 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 it is. We'll get into tangent for those that didn't that didn't look at it. Put a QR code on the screen whenever a penalty happens. We Disney did it in the damn um, in the Moon Knight series. You scan the QR code, you got a free digital comic. So give us put the QR code on the screen. Go right when they're talking to Mike Pereira because he's absolute trash. Get him out of there. He sucks. Put the QR code on the screen whenever a penalty happens. What it's going to do is take you to the rule book and define exactly what the rule is, and then from there. You can scroll down and actually show you a video of what they, what is represented as a clear definition of a roughing the passer penalty or any other penalty. Once they do that, there is no confusion. Further on, you can have it as a survey at the bottom that says, do you agree that this play was a pass interference or no? Throw it up on the screen as a interactive poll just kind of like how they did you remember um uh what was it who wants to be a millionaire people were used to vote in the crowd used to see the bars go up and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but hey whatever the call is on the field is whatever the call is on the field but as soon as like the nfl sees enough people say oh we hated that or we we that yes that was the right call maybe it might get the conversation going and hey nfl it's another way to get your fans interactive with the game of football as well don't I take my idea I think that Give is us a good idea, bro. That well, I mean, even if, like, idea. you look on Twitter or whatever, you've got all these players being like, that is absolute dog. That is not blah, 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 blah. Like, you know players are watching the games. I get on, like, Sundays at 1, it would be difficult to do that. But for, like, Monday, Thursday night games, you know the players are watching. And Mon- uh, Monday, Thursday night, Sunday night, all that. Like, you know the players are watching. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. Look at what the fellow players are saying. Look at what ex-players are saying. Listen to Pat McAfee. If that dude's cussing like a sailor, you know it's not a good call. 
If they're having yeah. to, on a morning show, pick up Kevin Hart and tuck him into bed and say, this is how the NFL wants you to sack your quarterback now, it's not a good call. It is not good for you, NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I was going to say was... Shout out to Kevin Hart, by the way. What I was going to say was, before you go, so, um, look, at the end of the day, we always have opinions, right? We all have opinions in this world, right? And the literal next day of the NFL... Um, where we're going into Monday Night Football, and we're watching this specific game that's on television. If it's a doubleheader um, or if it's one singular game, we're always commenting about it. It's a different opinion every day. So it's like, why don't you actually give it a chance? Because, look, you see every day on Twitter someone has a different opinion and someone feels a different way about something, uh, and they have their own context. So why not? Put that out on the NFL, and like you said, that whole QR uh, QR code, um, like you put a vote up or a poll up, and see which one has a higher vote, and you could go with that percentage. I mean, it's gonna take a little bit of a while, but you know, NFL fans are watching, so they're gonna click on it instantly, and you know, yo, look- chill with that, in, chill with that in the chat, bro. Um, yeah. we're we we're moving past that. Um, by the way, uh, but anyways, I, I, I totally agree with you. And the, and the reason why I wanted to bring up the conversation, uh, or I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, now that I had a chance to think about it after we said it, you know, during last night's game is the QR code is a fantastic idea. I, I mean, how much technology do they have and they're not utilizing it for the right way? So, so here we go. This, so it, here's the thing to me and I'm a, I'm an analytical guy. This was something that I do at my job, like almost every day. How do you measure what your success and your, your, um, your successes and your failures is by your analytics and how do you get people talking is you keep them interactive without the game because to me if i felt like my voice was being heard on every single call regardless if it was or not i know that those numbers are going somewhere and being looked at by the nfl so if you were to put a qr code on the screen and say here is what this penalty is defined as because the most un misunderstood thing about the pass interference calls especially the one that was on tom brady is it was textbook on whatever the rule was in the b section on the officiating website for the rule that was exactly what a pat what a rough in the passer call is regardless if you guys agree with it in the chat or not that's what it was not saying that it's right i hate the way that it's defined but when you look at it that's exactly what they said it was so if somebody was able to see that their opinions would have changed on what probably their opinion wouldn't have changed. We probably would have still said it sucked, but it's just the fact that we would have known it would have been transparent. And a lot of people now just want transparency. Like I'm, I'm sure it'd be so damn cool to, like I said, have that code on the screen, scan it, takes us to the rule. But regardless if we read it or not, I know the number one thing that they would look at or we would look at as fans what is the textbook version of what this penalty is and show like a digital, I don't know, mock-up CGI version of whatever that rule is and what that is defined as. Like what's defined as a catch? What's not defined as a catch? Because you want to keep everybody, um, you don't want a void left out there. You want everybody to feel like there's transparency behind all of these rules and what's being said. Instead of Mike Pereira coming on, and saying, uh, I agree with my guys every single week. Uh, yeah, he could have did this better. Like, I don't care about that. What is the textbook formula or the textbook 
um, definition of this penalty because that roughing the passer thing was misunderstood a bit. If you looked at the rule, it was to a T that should have been called. But the reason why we had a problem with it is because it was Tom Brady. It was a situation we've never seen a rougher in the passer penalty call like that. So we're we're literally crucifying the referee for doing the right thing, and all the other all the other people that didn't call it before are the right guys now. And it's like you can't have both. You got to have one or the other. But being transparent to the football watcher, you know, moving forward is going to be very very indicative for the NFL, um, and maybe. I might just I might just write a letter and see if that's that's something that can be done because uh, that nobody East wants to keep hearing Mike Pereira talk about yeah I, and people Vic, hate hearing Mike Pereira every week agree with his guys. Vic, I just realized something though. You say that it's going to take a long time to do that, and I just said that recently. But you also have to understand that they usually go to commercial breaks and stuff like that while doing replays of specific plays that happen when they're trying to challenge something. So. You could still do that, like, really quick. And everyone's watching these games. So, well, most NFL fans, I hope, are watching these games. So, yeah. Well, what they could do is have as any time. How many? I should see how many penalties there are on average during a game. I don't know what the number is, but I'm sure it's not, like, a little number. It's probably 15 to 20 penalties a game, right? Have a sponsor sponsor that QR code or something like that moving forward where it's like, this is the rule breakdown sponsored by State Farm, and they throw their little logo up with the QR code, and you scan it, and it even takes you to their website. And these damn fruit flies! It takes you to their website too, State and Farm, sells not the fruit flies website. Yeah, and, it's, and it sells you a product too. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just spitballing well, here, but nobody's really coming with, up with a good I idea go for this. With like that is kind of like because I know, like for example, you're a Fandango critic. Have specific people be able to apply to be able to vote on that stuff. Have the fans be able to vote on it. Like, you have to take an application. It's hard to do. You have to get, like, 100% on it. Not, like, 97, not 99, 100% on it. You know, certified, all that stuff. Have to have had experience. Like, basically, like, a job application. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, also a really good idea, sorry. Bro, well, y'all should write letters, bro. Y'all should be writing letters to the NFL, yo. <laughs> yep. I like both of these ideas because, look, with what you just said, uh, so um, people are going to ask, like, you know, there's trolls out there, so can't they vote too? What Sora just said, if you can apply to see if, like, you have a really good, you know, NFL, you know, fan base mindset, whatever. Um, yeah. Because I did see one person on the comments be like, well, everybody's going to vote. Okay, well, then don't give it access to everybody. Give it access no, no, no. to that's specific the, people. That, and I did want to clear that point. up. That's 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 not what I'm saying. I'm I'm this no, is this I'm is reading one of the comments that I saw though. Yeah, but this is this is simply what I'm saying. If you do if you replay every freaking penalty, the games are going to go to 4 hours long and that's not something that the NFL wants to pay for and the networks do not want to have. So that's that's one reason why that would never happen and it's already kicking the NFL's butt that they are having that done by pass interference penalties. What I'm saying by fan votes is you are having not only do when you when you scan the QR code, you can do cool stuff like if you vote on this, you'll be entered to win X amount of prize too. Like it's it's keeping your fans engaged, but making them feel like that their vote counts for something, even though the referee has the final say so in the game. But also, you are gathering analytics 
all over the place from different demographics on what people actually feel about what that play call was. So then when you look at the end of the season and you replay, like, let's count all the votes from what the pass interference calls this year from our referees. And if everybody's like the call sucked and it's 70 percent then maybe that's a time where people need to go back and redefine what a pass interference is. Because right now, they're just agreeing with each other, and the NFL is just agreeing with each other in like this small vacuum. But if you get a lot of votes from everybody else, like I said, it keeps the fan engaged, but then also you get analytics on what... Because it, it tells you right there, if, if if at the end of the season, if we were to do the same exact thing, right, with the roughing the passer penalty, and 95% of the people voted, I don't really understand why that was being called, then you go back and review that and you say, this is obviously a problem within our organization. We need to redefine what this is and make it more accessible for people to understand what we're talking about. Because even our own referees are confused on X, Y, and Z examples of you know when the vote went the opposite way on these exact plays analytics are everything it's crazy how you guys are like teamed up with amazon and you guys have aws uh, amazon web services which i use at my job for different analytics pushing and you know pushing and post a apis and things like that you guys put out all these cool analytics but i would like to see a cool analytic that says last year when it was voted on by the people on what a pass interference call was it had nfl officiating has improved 25 percent from last year and it's become better and people are agreeing more on what a pass interference call is as far as the fan vote goes wouldn't that be very cool that would increase that would increase everything in the nfl it would make it so much better because you want to be transparent everybody's damn confused about everything man and again literally just give it to like you can also just give that power to the ex players like kurt warner pat mcafee nate burleson guys that actually were on the field you're giving more people not i don't want to say more people more power but you're giving more voices to people that actually played on the field that know what it's like. Like, again, Kurt Warner, quarterback. He knows what roughing the passer actually is because that's something that he had to deal with being the quarterback. Nate Burleson, wide receiver. He would know what defensive pass interference and offensive pass interference is because that's the penalty that would relate with his position. And also, ECG, like you said, like you don't want this to happen at the end of the season or in a big game where it's like really important for one team um, and just be unfair for that other team to where their fan base is on Twitter or on the internet somewhere saying that this call was unfair to us. And then that just, you know, makes them a lot more mad. And you got everyone writing letters to the NFL saying you should make this stop happening or you should fire these refs or whoever's doing this. Um, so the, the people like, that are keeping the internet yeah. demand the the um the, the the thing that is keeping the NFL and companies afloat is the consumer. When you mm-hmm. start when you start taking their voice away and just saying, "Oh, we're going to do everything," I know there's integrity of the game, and you're like, "We we're going to do what we have to do," but like this is not this is not the fact that like people think it's a BS call. People are saying it's a BS call. But also, we don't really understand what a pass interference is. We didn't know that it could be that way. So the right call that was made on Tom Brady the other night was misunderstood because we didn't know that a pass interference or a roughing the passer call could be even when they're holding on to the ball, right? 
that was the most confusing thing for everybody because they're like, how can you rough the passer when he's still holding on to the ball? But what happened was he swung him around in a wrestling fashion, and it's up to the referee to call if the if the penalty or not. Let's get over to some of these comments okay, before I, before we move on. Because before we go, yeah, on? yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. But what I was gonna say was to Vic. If you don't want to let the fans do it, then like literally what Sora just said, then literally just let the players decide because they actually play on the field. <laughs> and that will make it a lot more fair. And you just said they won't entertain it because it's the fans. You got a lot of trolls out here that do it to these players because they played it. That, I mean, but Vic Vic is right, though. You open up Pandora's box as well because you're going to start making the consumer feel entitled for every single move that's being made. So this is what you do for that because you do bring up a very good point, right? So my other idea for that is if you're concerned about that, have a, like, like Sora was saying, have people sign up or have like a committee of like credentialed people that is like, we're going to take X amount of people from each state and they're not going to be the, you know, they're not going to come after us and feel like their opinion's entitled. Like, that they give off some type of credential, but it's like, it's like beta testers, right? Hey, you're, everybody can download this app or everybody can scan this QR code and it'll take you to the rule and you can understand the rule. But the people that get the voting rights, when they scan their QR code and it's linked to their phone, and when they put their phone number in, they also get the survey, too. And that's how you kind of control it. Like, not everybody gets the survey, but the people that are credentialed that have applied to to actually try to help make the game better, that's where, you know, that's where you need to have it in, like, a controlled environment. I mean, we do that for work, too. You, you, don't, you don't release the thing that you've been working on to everybody. You yeah. release it to a control group and have them beta tested. Now, I mean that that happens with everything, video games, different products, you know, things like that. So, so maybe that's that's what they do. But I, I think something needs to be done because we're more confused than we are educated at this point in time. Um, and I think so that's confused. getting a lot of people in, in in trouble. So, another controversial topic that came up this week. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to talk about this. Oh boy, this is gonna be uh, great. So. This is what the the interviewer said. Why do you think teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Ron Rivera said quarterback. You choose you chose the quarterback here though. So do you have any regrets about that? No, I got no regrets about the quarterback. I think our quarterback has done some good things. There's been a couple of games that he struggled, which was not the whole interview, but people were kind of taking that a little bit out of context. But I see what he was saying. Sword, do you think that he was throwing his quarterback under the bus or where he's just being a real guy? Well, first of all, I'd like to say they both are absolute trash. They both should not be with Washington communists after this year, but that is another topic for another day. I do think he was throwing once a little bit under the bus because it's not just once. Because Wentz isn't the one giving up all the points on the defense. Yes, he's the one making constant turnovers. You saw it in the Titans game. Uh, you had a chance to get your first lead of the game, win the game. There was like 30-something seconds left. Would have been hard, not impossible, but would have been very difficult for the Titans to come back. All you got to do is just get this three yard. It's three yards to a touchdown. Yep. And he throws a goal line interception. And we have seen this happen before. And he has constantly made bad interceptions this season. I know they didn't have Jahan Dotson this game. 
But the fact that they are one in four alone, and yes, I know they don't have a Chase Young. I know their defense is struggling. They don't have a really good defense. But and whether you want to say it's fair or not, in football, if you're the quarterback, you get all the glory and you get all the blame. That's just, unfortunately, that's just how it is. Wentz deserves some of the blame for Washington's failures? Absolutely. But does he deserve all the blame? No. Again, I think Rivera's a terrible head coach. He's a great positional coach, terrible head coach. Mm. Manny. Yeah, um, like I said, I cannot yeah. wait to talk about this. Um, yeah. Bro, this is just so interesting to me because, like, it literally could mean so many things um, because, first of all, we don't know what goes on with the conversations in the locker room with the players and, you know, the coaches, the coaches have, you know, behind closed doors conversations that they talk about with the quarterbacks, the players, um, who's playing good, who's playing bad. Um, Thank you, and David. players Thank that you need pops. to be um, and benched and whatnot. And, Honestly, Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, one of those quarterbacks, they're coming real soon. I don't know if it's going to be next week, um, but soon, eventually, one of those quarterbacks will start. Because, I'm not going to lie. It's taken – sorry to interrupt you, but it is taking longer for Heineke to come in than I thought it would have. I thought he yeah. would came in but let me, this time let, last week. Yeah. Let me say something about that, Manny, before you continue your point, because I don't have I don't have a lot of points on this, and I I, I totally ag- agree with my dad on this one. Like Ron Rivera is not. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Shout out to Pop, the, shout out to Papa Cell. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with you know with the Taylor Heineke thing, if you put him in and he does terrible, just move on to Sam Howell. Like yep. there, you don't need to waste time now. Like it's it's one or two games and you're done. Like you need to show me something. Um, you know that that's just if it was me, that's that's how I would be looking at this situation completely. But go ahead and yeah. finish your point. Look, that's where this okay. this whole like situation with the quarterbacks. The only way you could win this is if you put Heineke or Howell in, because right now they give you a better chance to win. Because let's be honest, Carson Wentz is a sitting in the pocket duck, whatever you want to call it. He just sits. About the worst is going. <laughs> yeah. He just sits in the pocket and he stands there and he has a terrible offensive line. So like you're putting your quarterback out there to fail. You have no offensive lineman that can protect him. I heard so many Washington uh, fans saying that their offensive line was ranked really high last year, which it was. But when you watch the tape, they're not a good offensive line. Let's also Um, not forget they lost three of their starting five members on that offensive line in free agency. Yep, exactly my point. Um, So you have a quarterback that's just a pocket-passing quarterback who's been hurt before several times. Um, And a guy that can escape, but he just likes to sling that ball around. And he has a terrible release. He holds on to the ball for 90 years, bro. It's, It's annoying. It's frustrating. As a football fan, like, I get that he's in my division, so... Obviously, I'm going to troll a Washington fan um, because <laughs> he sucks. He literally sucks. I'm sorry. Carson Wentz is trash. Thank you. I'm going to say it on record. He's trash. I- I'm sorry. I'm not going to blame all of it on him because, like Sora said, that secondary is trash, too. It's buns. They suck, too. Um, this <laughs> D-line isn't the same without Chase Young. 
Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you still got Montez Sweat, and I don't. I haven't even seen Sweat out there. A and lot. even then, like Chase he's, Young, he's been, been non-existent. Yeah, Sweat has been barely out there. So, and I've been saying Sweat is better than Chase Young. So, my narrative there is not even coming to true. So, um, but like, I'm sorry, bro. That team in general is trash, and it doesn't help that Carson Wentz holds the ball for 100 years in the pocket. Like this man is sitting. Uh, with the ball in his hands for the next decade like you get the point like he's just a quarterback that has regressed and regressed and regressed and the offensive line play that he's had over the last couple of years has not helped him besides the fact that he's had the indie o-line um he still got sacked with us and our o-line was really good and i'm not even saying in 2020 the years before that in 19 he still was getting sacked um, and we were hurt that year too, but and I can say 18, he was getting sacked a lot. Uh, this guy, he just he just finds his way into trouble, and I'm sorry, he's regressed as a quarterback. I I just don't think he's the quarterback that he used to be. He has to be a backup, and that's this is his last chance. This is his last opportunity. It's not about the noise. He has a mental problem, and it can't be solved right now. So you have to get rid of this dude immediately if you're Washington. Go look for well, a quarterback. I mean, how much how much blame talking about mental? Yes, you go with mental in this time with Philly, but how much blame can we also put on that Jadavion Clowney spearhead in the twenty nineteen wild card play? A lot. A lot. You can, and I saw this earlier. Go back before that Vontez Perfect hit on Antonio Brown, how he acted, how he talked it, and now how he acts now. Like, CTE is a thing not talked about a lot in the NFL, and you literally saw it with, rest in peace, but you saw it with Demarius Thompson when he had, because he had a lot of concussion issues, and he died of a seizure. Like, it takes effect later then. So, I mean, you're seeing it with, uh, not A-Rod, wow. You're seeing it with Antonio Brown. You're not seeing anything crazy going on with Wentz, but you're seeing a lot of bonehead mistakes that, like, should not happen. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you got to wonder how much that can go into effect and let's be honest where i know we're both eagles fans here the year that he came back from that injury that acl injury he was not looking bad 2018 and 19 until that injury that he had disagree. against seattle he started to look worse in my opinion I, I disagree i feel like they rushed him in 18 oh 18 i completely agree i feel like they rushed him but he still he still didn't play like terrible because he had like 20 touchdowns to like seven picks or 14 something like that i know it was a, a really good touchdown to interception ratio but 2019 he had a, a really solid year but up until that play he hasn't been the same since either like that made him way worse bro like that completely killed him that that put the dagger on carson Wentz's career so i'm gonna I'm just go ahead and go out on a limb and, and and say this about ron rivera I think he messed up, but then he also was real at the same time. But you can't be real in the NFL because a lot of people are just going to, you know, a lot of people are just going to throw you under the bus every freaking time. So um, now, now, now here it is. It's you know, I I think I think he's a player's coach. I think he likes his guys, but he you know. It's also a little bit of tough love too, and I don't think a lot of. I think he gets more respect for being being a real guy uh, than he is actually being a coach. And I think his, 
he's one of the worst coaches in the NFL as of recently in like the last 12 years. And let's go through his record. Eight out of the 11 years, he's been under 500. Has had He's had eight losing seasons out of the 11 years where he's in year number 12. But what what gets sidelined a lot is because his winning percentage is a uh, is over five hundred with five fourteen. He's currently on a four year losing streak, four years in a row. Uh, he had six losing seasons out of the nine that he was in Carolina. He just so happened to win one NFC Championship on the fifteen win season, a twelve win season, and an eleven win season, which. It's so confusing to look at on why he is over 500 in his win percentage, but he is not a good coach. I don't think he knows what to do with the quarterbacks that he does have. It's, it's, you know, he's a great defensive mind. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things is like every time he gets a quarterback, he has no idea what to do with them. I, I really think Cam Newton's best years could have been spent somewhere else. Um, with him just letting Cam Newton do what he what he wanted to do, he could have been. Uh, I think he could have been greater under a different coach, but you know, yeah, I people. Mean, I don't want to cut you off, but go ahead. My bad. No, I was just saying, you know, <laughs> Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah, the, the voice text. I know, I know what you were saying, bro. I know what you were saying. You know, but uh, he gets those players to to play for him, even though they're losing. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing sometimes. Yeah, but what I was going to say was Rivera could be terrible, and he's had quarterback issues in the past, and he, he doesn't know how to develop a quarterback and whatnot and maintain a good quarterback besides mm-hmm. him. But you cannot fault him for how bad Carson Wentz is. You just can't. Carson Wentz couldn't even be fixed with Frank Reich, and I don't even know if that's Frank Reich regressing as a coordinator but yes. Carson Wentz, I just don't Both. see where he works. Like, where is the opportunity for him in this league? Like, everything is taken. And more is going to be taken next year with that class that we've talked about, you know, recently. Yep. Yep. I agree. I I, I guess we're all kind of saying the same thing. Hey, does it suck that he was real about it? Is he necessarily wrong? Absolutely not. I mean, it really does come down to Carson Wentz like being a better quarterback than he has been. And I put a lot of faith in this team, and I got burned. Uh, I'm getting burned currently. So they need to make a change, man. It is what it is. And we really saw how bad Carson Wentz was without Jahan Dotson this this week, too. He wasn't able to 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 bail him out so you know it just is what it is but we'll move on to our last topic of the day which is the game of the week to me you could say it's the cowboys versus the eagles but i really think that this is the game of the week because i i think the eagles are going to go and smash the cowboys like to i be completely, completely agree I, oh my god i don't i don't th- i'm stealing my takes bro where are you finding this uh, i'm not I'm stealing my takes, bro. <laughs> nah because i think they're going to absolutely demolish them and then they're going to be crying we're going to clap the cowboys bro. and not just because y'all are eagles fans man it's not because y'all are eagles fans at all it's just like i can't take away what that team has done and if you don't think you know, if they're able to play motivated against like a Jacksonville offense that really should have ran the ball more against them uh, in the rain at home, like you got another thing coming. This is a this is a rivalry game, and they're gonna take it serious. Now, I just said that in in uh, MG Corrupt shot like a couple hours ago when 
they had that little podcast thing going on. I was like, we're going to destroy this team. We just have it everything in favor. We play a better matchup against Dallas. The, our, like our team compared to Dallas, we play them a lot better, um, and we match up against them a lot better than most teams. They play terrible offensive lines, bro. And I'm not trying to be biased. Oh, they're going to get clapped. You have to speak facts, bro. The Cowboys are not as good as us. They're gonna get clapped. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> it's not gonna be it's not gonna be any joke. What did we do to Kirk Cousin? My point. What'd y'all do to Justin Jefferson? My point again. <laughs> and I like CD Lamb, but CD Lamb is by himself. Oh, Michael Gallup, bro. You forget about him. Uh, Michael Gallup ain't healthy enough right now. They about to get they about to get clapped he up. He looks healthy, bro. That man been making a lot of sick catches. <laughs> Chiefs versus the Bills, though. This is Peyton Manning Tom Brady 2.0 with these two, man. It is the matchup that we've been looking for since the playoffs. And not only does that stupid rule, that stupid overtime rule, does not take effect until they actually play in the playoffs. This could end up in another stupid situation as well during the regular season where the Bills could drive down the field and score a touchdown and the Chiefs don't get an answer back. So I think we're possibly looking at an AFC championship repeat um, or divisional round repeat right here, if not the AFC championship repeat. Manny, get us started, man. I know these are two... I know you're a big Josh Allen fan, but I know these are two of your your, your favorite players going at it once again. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a revenge game for Buffalo. Um, we all know what happened in the playoffs. Uh, you know, in overtime, the Bills didn't get the uh, opportunity. They felt like, you know, a lot of Bills fans were complaining uh, about the whole overtime thing and mm -hmm. saying it wasn't fair. Um, but, hey, this is a revenge game. I I was gonna say this was gonna be a blowout, but until Micah Hyde got hurt, it's gonna be a lot closer now. Um, but when Micah Hyde got hurt, yeah, I just I seen this as a close game. But before that, I think this Bills team was gonna murder the Chiefs. Like I didn't even think it was gonna be close. Like, um, but it's gonna be a really close game for the simple fact that you got Allen Mahomes. It's always gonna be a close game. Uh, the Chiefs always play the Bills close. Uh, it's regular season football. But, again, like last year, the Bills beat the Chiefs in the regular season in Arrowhead. Uh, and I think this is in Buffalo, right? Uh, this is – no, this is in uh, Arrowhead. Oh, it's in Arrowhead. Okay. Um, I know I know they played last year, and I'm pretty sure the Bills beat them, like, in the regular season. Uh, but, mm. yeah, this is going to be a shootout um, for sure. Uh you know, you got two really, really good quarterbacks, both in the MVP conversation. Right now, both defenses are playing really well. Um, that Chiefs defense, yeah, they looked bad last night, but they've been playing relatively nice uh, as the season has progressed. You got a lot of dogs on that defense. Karloftis, Chris Jones, that whole defense is stacked um, from top to bottom. Uh, you know, they got to work on the Q, uh, CB2 and the linebackers and whatnot because a lot of running backs have been posting them. But this is going to be a really, really close oh, game. I can't wait for it, man. But we'll see. I, I think the Bills match up this time a lot better. And right, Stephon so, Diggs is going to go off. So before we get into the picks, Soar, give us your, your outlook on these two gentlemen. You know, it's it's going to be a very tough game. I feel like... 
the biggest question for the Bills is going to be who's covering Travis Kelsey. If you can stop Travis Kelsey, you easily win this game. Um, I I would agree with Manny over there talking about Micah Hyde. If Micah Hyde was healthy, I'd give the Bills a lot of chance. I still think the Bills got this, which spoilers for my pick, but whatever. I do still think the Bills have this, but it's going to be a lot tougher. You can never count out Mahomes, the super scroll that he is. You can never count out Kelsey, four touchdowns last night. It's just, it's unfair sometimes, man. Um, yep. I mean, the, he, they, the Chiefs have weapons to where it's like, you cannot leave the biggest playmaker one-on-one in man coverage, which is what the Raiders did. And that's how Kelsey was able to be so dominant. Um, but, you know, you have Gabriel Davis coming off of an amazing game. You have Khalil Shakir, who might not even be starting, but he was playing amazing. Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. You know, I don't know if Von Miller will be back, but you've got to buff up. You've got a more buffed D-line than you did in the divisional matchup. So I think it's going to be a very good game. But um, I do I do think the Bills will be able to handle it. So this is, uh again, like I was saying, this is Peyton Manning, Tom Brady 2.0. We're looking at it right here. First thing is first. Yeah, pretty much. Um, these are the two that always get talked about um, for sure. And, um, you know, I'm just like everybody. I think that, you know, it was between this game and the Eagles and the the Cowboys. And I think this is just a better game on paper. And I, I don't know how people don't disagree with that. I mean, they don't play in the same division, but this is a rivalry game. I don't care what anybody says. These These are the two that we've been talking about over and over and over and over again. Um, and I don't think... <laughs> Kelsey has seven receptions, 25 yards and four touchdowns, which is one of the weirdest stat lines ever. But um, He carried me in fantasy. I was literally down nine. That dude had 33 bro. points, just, man. Literally all Clyde had to do was get 10 points. It was not bro. that hard. So, he gave me all of my points. I do want to call out an X factor in this game. Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, we know what they're about. But I don't think Isaiah McKenzie's been getting enough love for what he's been doing. He's got three touchdowns this season, 150 yards. And also, shout out to that man, Devin Singletary, for for stepping up in more ways than one um, as well. So uh, let's just go ahead and get into it. All right. First. I hate that clip so much. <laughs> yeah, get into it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Manny, give us your pick for who you think is going to win the game, my friend. Give me Buffalo. Ooh. Want the really bu- tight niche game, man. It's going to be close, and it's going to be fun. So you you want the Buffalo Bills? My dad said that's how I used to say their name back in the day, by the way. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> what? Why are you turning it off? It's 3-1 bu- right now, Rangers. Uh, uh, I, I had a feeling like you were. I did too. We I always start off slow. It's whatever. All bro, right. Anyway, I seen when Sora had his like glasses up in the air. He was trying to do this, and he was like, "I knew something bad was happening." In that well, no, nah, it's just his <laughs> shots. Anyway, whatever. This is a football show. <laughs> no, I I got it. Like Tampa Bay is they're annoying. We're they're still re- going to the we're still going to the cup. I don't care what anybody says. Anyways, y'all ain't going to the cup this year. It's chill. I got the Bills as well. Um, 
I, I just think they're a more complete team, even without Micah Hyde. Um, I don't think Travis Kelsey goes off this week. Uh, their secondary is getting a little bit more healthy. Uh, I expect, like I said, Isaiah McKenzie, they have a big game because I don't think they got their weapons to cover him um, as well. So I don't know. Trent McDuffie's coming back this week, but we'll we'll see about that as well. Soar? I need to get, like, a table or whatever whenever we do Bills games, and just that's how I pick it. I just jump up and slam it to the table. <laughs> Give me the Bills, man. You want the Bills as I, well? I want to, again, we're completing the Triforce here, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. I think you've got your younger guy, Kyrie Lom. He's finally coming in. He's doing what was projected to be done. He's doing his job right now. That defense is getting healthier. Or that secondary, I should just say specifically, is getting healthier. You know, I know you're saying shout out to Isaiah McKenzie, but he wasn't playing last week. And then, you know, you got Khalil Shakir stepping up. He, it, it was like, it, Man wasn't missing a beat. There was no offensive weapon missing for Buffalo there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they've got a deep back or they've got a deep receiving room. So I mean, yeah, I just I think the Bills are the more completed team. Give me the Bills. All right, so we got the trifecta going on this week. As you see, Manny is zero and one. Me and Sora picking on this show specifically are three and six apiece, which is which is a little Number weird. Three. Okay. Three and six picking the games on here, but on Thursday nights and the oh, NFL. So like Monday and Thursdays. What are you talking about? I'm just saying, how are we three and six? Like including Mondays and Thursdays? No, because we picked like on the very first week we picked a Sunday at once, or yeah, Sunday at oh, once, Sunday at four thirty, and then we picked the Monday. Yeah, it's skewed, but it, hey, I had to count them anyways. But uh, it's like we're in week six. How are we already at nine total? I was like, this ain't making any sense. Yeah, yeah, that's why it doesn't make a little bit of sense. But appreciate everybody that came through, man. Y'all, y'all was rocking out with us tonight. Appreciate uh, everybody. Shout out to the sponsor of Float Posters for selling the posters and getting them out to you guys. I got one back here. This is the. Uh, FC, FBS schools with all the different helmets from 2020. Seahawks posted over there. Oh, it was on the graphic. And then I got my Lord Stanley Cup champions from the uh, NHL on that side. So uh, I got the cheese. Vic, Vic said I got the cheese. Nine and said he got the cheese. Vic is a monster when it comes to the picks. So, and of course, he had to hold it at the end, so I couldn't sway my opinion either way. But I uh, appreciate everybody. Please find us over on, if you're watching this on Facebook or any other platform, find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, I will be uploading this to the audio podcast tonight. Um, as well as clipping this for the rest of the week, if not all tonight, if I don't get bored. So uh, any final words, gentlemen, before we get out of here? Uh, Just one. I'm going to go ahead and say for my Nostradamus pick of the week, Matt Rule is going to be the new Arizona State head coach. Already? Mm. Trash coach for a trash program. Why would he go there? Why would any coach is, want to go there? Because who else is they? Who else is gonna go there? Is my question. Man, it is what it is. Yo, Vic, appreciate you guys. Uh, Nine is appreciate you. Last word before I go. Yep. You suck, Dallas. We ready for you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
we'll preview this some more on Sunday morning. Uh, of course. Uh, wait, you guys play on Monday night, right? No, Sunday we play night. on Sunday night football. Oh my God, it's a Sunday night football game. Ooh, we might I'm have to do it. To work very Everyone's long. watching, so no excuses, bro. I don't want to hear this. Jalen Hurts hasn't played a good team. If we beat this team and we beat them bad, no one can say a word. Like we are the best team in football, and it's like, like Fat Matt's gonna love corn, love some corn. I don't think, I don't think Nebraska would hire them, man. Anyways, I, yeah. I think. So for everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Soar and Manny, this has been episode eighty-one. Shout out to the Pack family, and we'll talk to you guys uh, on Thursday. <laughs>